0: All right. I so will say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank Leia Sol, our Talmud Torah sponsor for the month of Adar Bais, for dedicating all the Shiurim and Drashos this month. In honor of all of those who Baruch Hashem made a beautiful and uplifting groundbreaking, we thank Leah for her dedication and for her generosity. So with that, let us begin. Today's daft is Chaf Aleph, and we are picking up Emirat HaShem on... So i am just shut this off. And we are picking up on Chaf base 20B. So remember again, we left off a little bit mid-Sugya. We're dealing with the Mishnah, just to reorient ourselves a little bit. I'm going to try to get back on track with... Uh, the short, uh, the short Chazorah summaries, Miraz for each staff as well. Go back, starting from the Mishnah. So we say, remember again, in the Mishnah, what we were introduced to is the concept, ultimately, of what we called Iser Mitzvah, Iser kedusha. We translated the concept, according to the first approach, in the Yimara, Iser Mitzvah, being a situation where the marriage, the Yibo marriage, would be an Iser Teravonim versus an Iser Kidusha, which we focused on women who would be prohibited to a Kohen, or for that matter, again, a Mamzeres or a Nesina. This led to the question, or the Gimara's assumption, that Halacha Lamaisa, when it comes to the Kohen's prohibition to do Yibum with a Yivama, who is an Amana, so we made no distinction, whether she's an Amana from Irisin or an Amana from Nisuin. And by the way, the Kohen in question is not just any regular Kohen. I'd either go big or you go home, right? So again, this is the coin Gadol. This is the coin Gadol. So remember, you made no distinction whether or not she's widowed from Erisin or from Nisuin. To which the Gemara Well, that's really strange. Because at the end of the day, I understand that she's widowed from Nisuin. Because then why? You have an assay of Yibum, but what? You have a low assay of Amonah and an assay of Bisula. But if she's widowed from Erisin, then all I have is the low assay of Amana, because we assume that she's still a Basullah. Let the assay of Yibum be doke the assay of Amana. So we spent all of yesterday's daft really trying to figure out why yeah, why 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 doesn't that work? Why doesn't that logic work? So with that, let's pick up. So Khafam Biz 20 B. First end of the first wide line on the bottom. To which Rav said you're right. The truth is, I mean, this is so fascinating. The Svara works. The Svara works. In other words, if you have a situation of a yivama who falls to her brother-in-law, who is the kohen gadol, right, and she is a, she is she is an Amana from erasin, right. So the truth is, the logic is sound. The kohen gadol brother-in-law should be able to do yibum because the ase of yibum will be doche the losas of Amana. The only problem is. Yet only works for what to accomplish the Rishona. What doesn't allow for the sustaining of this marriage? Because the maestro will say for the Rishona, that allows her to have relations with her. But after that, after that, the prohibition of amana kicks back in. This is fascinating. Once the prohibition of amana kicks back in, ultimately that becomes prohibited. And remember, the asay of yibum only applies to which biyah to which biyah. To the birishona. shona. Both say take a look at Rashi, let's see it inside. Rashi says birishon, the Xer birishona, to the Mekai Ba or to be a the the delow Matsilimitri, the Haikaiba Asei. So both say this is really incredible. It also gives you a little bit of an insight into the mechanics of Yibum. So say, let's just play this out for just a moment, right? Ruben and Shimon. Shimon passes away, leaves a widow, simple case. One wife, no one's related to each other, no arrayas, nothing going on over here. Right? So Shimon passes away, leaves behind the wife Rachel. Ruvain, the surviving brother, is a Kohen Godel. Is a Kohen Godel. Ultimately, again, let's say for just a moment, for our purposes right now, when Shimon passed away, he had not done Nisuin, he only did so we'll say, here are the mechanics. So remember, the Kohen Godel Ruvain has to do Yibom, but also as Kohen Godel can't marry a widow. So, for the biarishona, which is the yibum biya, he can engage in that. What's the halachic? What's the halachic argument? asseh of yibum is doche the losase of almana. The problem is after the biarishona, since a yibum has been accomplished, if he were to have relations with her a second time, would that be permitted? No. Why? Because again, there's no longer an ase, and what do you have? What are you left with, so to speak? Almana. Amana. And therefore, again, the Gemara says you're right. The logic works to allow for bia rishona, but the logic would not work to allow for bia shnia. So the Gemara says, therefore, Allah Amarava, bia rishona atu bia shnia, which literally means we prohibit the first bia lest they come to engage in the second bia. Which I'll say is also a fascinating discussion we can get into, which is does halacha encourage a yibum? That cannot lead to a sustainable marriage, because that's the situation over here. It's fascinating. Ruvain, the surviving brother, who's also the kohen gadol, could fulfill the mitzvah of yibum, but it's fascinating. But what can't he do? What can't he do? <laughs> Remain married to this woman. So it's just. It's, so again, we're, we're, we're going to leave that on the side because we're going to see a couple of cases like this. Not today, but in But the gemara says you're right. The, you're right. But you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You're right in that the yibum could occur. But ultimately what we're concerned is if we allow Biyarishona, they'll come to engage in Biyashniah. And Biyashniah really is an Isser Granted, not Kareis. Not Kareis. It's an Isser love, but an Isser nevertheless. Incredible. To which the Gemara says, Ta'inah Yachar B'ayis supports this, baalu kanu. So also, going back to our previous cases, this is why Halacha even in the previous case, remember yesterday, yesterday's daf of the Ptsudaka the krushavcha. As much as there is a love for these men to marry these women, if they had relations, they affect, they affect ibum. So the gemarzim balu kano bebiarishona vaaser lekaymon bebiashnia. But ultimately, again, the beer you, you can make a cogent argument to allow for the biarishona. rishona, say do'chelosa, chelosa. Say a whole bunch of other things, but lamaisa. That only works in the Biarushomna, which is an assay. But after that, the iser kicks saying haks? good. so says Hadam So subsequently, Rava said, Lav Subsequently, Rava retracted this position. Retracted this position. Now Rashi says over here, in this version of Rava, Rava is saying that the first Bia is absolutely permitted. The logic works. The ase of bia will be uh, sorry. The of yibum will be Doka the Low Whether it's of amar of the kohen gadol or maybe even p'tzua So So subsequently, Ravah rejected this. Lab milsa reish say for They both say this is incredible. Why did Ravah subsequently rec- recant or retract this? Because of reish Lakish. They Both say this is incredible. Reish Lakish says. Whenever you see a clash between an ase and a losase, what's an example of a clash between an ase and a losase? Yes. <laughs> As are, of all of our cases. I have a coin gadol who needs to do yibum. There's an ase of yibum. There's a losase that he's not allowed to marry a widow. Rosh so say this is incredible. Rosh so Lakish like says whenever you find a clash between an ase and a losase, incredible. See, I will say, Rachel Lager says, "Hey, everybody, calm down." When we say, losase," I will say, "When is that? When is that? When you don't have other options to be making both of them." So, in other words, if you have an ase and you have a say and they clash and there's no way to reconcile the two, then the conclusion is the ase will override the say. But if you have a conflicting ase and losase and somehow you could fulfill them both. That's better. So watch what Ish Lakish says. Therefore, in this case, in this case, Therefore, we'll say, Lakish will say, Come on, there is a way to be mekayim both of these things, right? You have a coin goggle who needs to do yibum. So everybody's jumping on. let the man do yibum. Why, says Rish Lakish? There's Yitim Mekayim, the Assay and the Los say. How? How? Chalitza. Chalitza counts, at least Reh Shal-Kish is positing, that Chalitza counts as a fulfillment of the assay of Yibom, but at the same time, he does not go ahead and in any way, Shter his kiddushas kahuna, to which the Gemara says, kanu, Aye, the problem with the Abosai is, the Reis said before, by the Petzul Dak and the Kruz that Allah Issa, if they did have relations with the Yavama, it works. So it sounds like even in a case where you can fulfill the Asai and the low Saase that old, through Chalitza, that you should do that. But over here, it sounds like that even if you do not do that, but again, you allow the Asai to trump the low Saase that works, to Indeed, this refutes, this refutes, this last position of Reish Lakish. So we'll say, there's a couple of interesting, we'll, we'll get to al in just a moment, but there's a couple of interesting things over here. How the Yimar seems to view, or Reish Lakish seems to view, Khalitsa as a fulfillment of yibum, right? Isn't that fascinating? You see, we've been programmed a little bit to think that Khalitsah is the non-fulfillment, like it's like the halachic out, from Yibum, out, but it's not Yibum. Reish seems to flow to Halloween, which is absolutely riveting. Which is that no, Khalisa is another form of fulfilling Yibum. Now, I, even Reish Lakish, might agree. Perhaps it's not an ideal form of Yibum fulfillment, but a form of Yibum fulfillment nevertheless. Therefore, I will say. What are we left with? Okay, so now, again, also, I just want to point out, I, I, we, we need answers, right? And I feel we're entitled to answers, right? We've been two blot into this, well, one blot into this, so get ready. So here's what we have. We know, in, let's start with what we know. What do I know? In Yibam is very little, but here, here, here's what I think I know. Here's what I think I know. When I have a Yibam relationship that's an Isser Kares, what happens in that situation, right? Reuven dies, leave behind, leaves behind two wives, Rachel Leah. Rachel is Shimon, the surviving brother's daughter. What happens in that case? Nothing, right? Nothing. When I have, when I have, an, when I have a Kari's case, so Kari's, remember, again, essentially says, Yipom does not apply here. Not only that, but again, remember, the erva wife will exempt the co-wife, it's Sarah. The cases we're dealing with now are more nuanced, which are because isra Mitzvah, Iser Kidusha, Women who are, who are erva <laughs> mid or women who are asura mid but what type of iser? What type of iser? Lav. What do we do with these women? Including that list, is let's say the widow is a mamzeras. So we'll listen to this. Rambam, hilchos, yibam v'chalitza, vav, Listen carefully, here it is. asura lav, so I'm we'll say, in any case, where the yevama is asura to the yavam, right? So again, Reuven dies. Ruven dies. We're no, no Kauai's right now. Reuven dies. Leaves behind the widow Rachel, right? Now Rachel, Rachel is either asura to, to, to Rachel is asura to Shimon because of an asay, a lav. Shnia, which Rabbinic IS going to get to. That's our next sugya. So what's the aloha? She requires chalitza. So obviously we'll say yibum is going to be aser. Now why why is yibum aser? Let nasb Let nasay vidoch We're going to get to that. But aloha, lamaisa, she has to do chalitza. She can't do yibum. Umitnei ma stricha chalitza. I will say by the way, you should know I, there is the Shulchan Aruch has hilchos chalitza. Right, in Ezer. So, the reason I'm often quoting to you from the Rambam is just because the Rambam provides such a beautiful explanation to these Sugis as well. So, that's why again, and also the Shulam is passing in pretty much the same way. But again, <laughs> I love the Rambam. So, why do you need the Chalitza? So we'll say, remember again, you'll say, well, why do you need Khalil over here? These women are Asura, asuros, right? They're asur to the Yava. It's true. They're asuros." So we'll say, what's the nature of the Yasser? What's the nature of the Yasser? Allah and and say What's the Allah of your Mekhadesh, a woman, who is Asura to you because of a Lavan and say we don't pass like Rabbi Akiv, right? Rabbi Akiv is the only opinion who says that We don't pass in that way. So all of these women, as much as they are assertive to the Yavam, you can marry them. And if you were to marry them, it would be prohibited. But so because of that, because of that, there is a Zeka bond, a Zekah bond, and because there is a Zekah bond, therefore Khalith is required. Uminadin, listen to this, here we go. And even though it says that I'm, I'm really, really, should do Yibum in these cases. Why? Because Yibum is an assay. These women are prohibited through a low sassay. Let the assay of Yibum come and be doh the low ase. Here we go. Gezerah Shema Yavo Aleha Pam Shnia Vahare Biassa Asura VeEin Sham Mitzvah She Mitzvas Ase Ela Biarishona Beul. Rabbi says exactly that we just saw in the Gemara. Chazal so what are we concerned about? You're right. Ase Doch Eloso Asay Elas Beirishona. But Ase, but there, by the Biashnia there is no Ase. Therefore, Chazal we're concerned that if we allow you to marry this woman, although the Biarishona would be permitted, the Biashnia would not, and obviously there would be a concern that they would come to engage in a second act of relations, lefichach. So therefore, I will say, any situation where the yavama, the widow, is prohibited to the yavam, either because of an ase, a losa or a karayos, the halacha is, you must do chalitza, you cannot do yibum. And therefore, I will say, watch this, what if the Yavah went against Taha Locha and did Yibom Lefi Chachim Avar Ubal Yivim Toha Asura Lo Mishum Lav O Mishum Hasei V'Yin Zerach Lom Roshniah Harei Zekona Kinyon It works So Yavah Sayyif the Kohen Gadol does do Yibom with his widowed sister-in-law Right? Lemaysa as much as he's not supposed to do it if he did it it works U Motziah Beget But ultimately again he's not allowed to live with her so after he does yibum affects yibum, therefore essentially affects marriage with her, Halach Alamais, he has to divorce her afterwards. So this is how the Raman Paskins Salach Alamais again, in a case where the yivama is Asura Alts kares no yibum at all. Where she's Asura Alts Alav and Asay, ultimately Choletsas the Lomit Seavemes. You must do khalisa, can't do yibum for the mechanics that the Raman spelled out. Absolutely beautiful. Good. Itmar BS Coin Godlow by Almono. So we'll say, what happens if a Coin godel has relations with an Almono? Again, this is talking about a situation where, same idea. Ruvain passes away, leaves behind the wife Rachel, so his surviving brother Shimon is the co-ingadol. Shimon's not supposed to do Yibum with Rachel, but let's say he does. What's Ta'alacha? Rabbi Gemara says, One opinion says, the act of Yibum does go ahead and exempt the co-wife. Let's say it's Rachel and Leah. So now, so now Shimon, the surviving brother, who's the kohen gadol, does Yibum with Rachel. So one opinion says, okay, Asser, but it works, and therefore it exempts the co-wife. I'm sorry. So one opinion says that, the act of Yibam with Rachel exempts Leah from everything. She's done. She's out, right? She's out. Other opinion says, no, it does not. Top of Chafalif. Suin so, I'll say, listen to this. When we're talking about a widow who is widowed from suin, everyone agrees that well, everyone agrees. So, everyone agrees that the act of Yibum will not exempt the co-wife. Why not? Because I'll say it's an invalid act of Yibum. Why? Because what do you have when she's an Amana from Nisuin? An ase of Yibum, against what, on the other hand? A sa'ase of Amana. And an assay of besula, so everyone will agree that an aseh can't be another low so saaseh vaaseh. So in that case, again, when the kohen gadol does yibum with an amana from the everyone will agree that the co-wife is not is not in the clear. Keep liyibah almana b'ne eresin. Both, there's the machlok come up in a case where a woman, the, the, the surviving widow, was widowed from eresin mand The opinion that says that when that when Shimon the surviving brother does Yibum with the that it it, that it goes ahead and exempts the co-wife. Asiyase v'Dochi eslo sase. Both says we've been saying, but till now, because the Asay of Yibum will essentially be Dochi the Losase of Ammona. Uman do Amar poteres, and the opinion who says that it doesn't pater. Lo Asi Aseh V'dachies Lo Asi Aseh Kei Bandev Shebe Chalitza The other people say, no, it doesn't exempt the co-wife. Why? Because Halach HaLamay said there's an option of Chalitza I will say, I ruin this for you a little bit Because we already did this in Rambam Let's just go through the Sugya Me Sveh, the Gemara says Ve'im Ba'alu Khanu By the Kursh Shev Khanu P'tzu Adakal As much as we're not allowed to give them If they did it, it works, T'Yuftah Ultimately, again, there is indeed a refutation Le'ema Teheven Amit T'Yuftah D'Reish Lakish I shouldn't reputation of Reish Lakish. Remember again, what do Rish Lakish say? Rish Lakish says something that's very profound. When do we say, Aseh doh when? When? When there's no way to uphold both the ase and the losase. But Reish Lakish says when you could uphold the ase and the losase, we don't say let the ase come and be doch ha So we'll say in these cases, can you uphold the ase and the losase? What's the answer, what's the answer? Yes, how? Chalitza. So the fact that Allah Chalamaisa, the Bryce, doesn't accept them, seems to be a refutation of Rish Lagish. I'm going to say the I'm going to kamina ana heichad mitzvah. chalitza yibom lav mitzvah. Oh. See, i say, remember what bothered us with Rish Lagish? Remember what bothered us? What bothered us was it, Rish Lagish made it sound like chalitza is a form of fulfillment of yibom. Rish Lagish says, no, I never said that. I, I, I never said that. I what I said was the only time we'll say lo elosase is when you can't fulfill both. But lamaisa when you can fulfill both, ultimately that's ideal. The Gemara then interpreted that to mean that according to Shlakish, you should do chalitza because chalitza allows you to fulfill the ase of yibum and also go ahead and, and uphold the losase of marrying these prohibited people. To which Shlakish himself now says, by the way. I never said that Khalitsa is a form of yibum, which I will say is very helpful to us. So now we kind of take that concept off the table. Now I will say, in terms of these, in terms of this last piece, I jumped the gun a little bit with the Rambam. Rambam already said that halach l'meisa, if the coin goggle were to go ahead and do yibum, whether it's yibum, ultimately again with halach l'meisa, with an amana from Nisuin, or Amana from Aresin, bottom line is it's Asr, he should not do it. But if he did it, if he did it, it works, right? It's Yibom. He's then obligated to do what? Divorce her, give her a get right afterwards. And obviously, because the Yibum with the Amana works, any tsaros, right? Any co-wives who are there would be exempted through that yibum as well. Incredible. But let's say we now transition to our next soyo Amaraba. Now we come. I sent out this chart on the WhatsApp group. It's, it's the chart. I just took it from the art scroll. This is the chart of. This is the chart. It's, it's, not, it's not a family tree. I mean, if this is someone's family tree, it's a highly dysfunctional family. Right? But Lamaisa, but, but again, this is the case of Shnios Lutomo, Shnios La which I is the case of Rabbinic Arayos. Essentially, we're going to see that Halacha Lamaisa there are biblical arayos, and then as you're going to see over here, this chart is is very helpful. So uh, as you're going to see that there are biblical ervas, biblical arayos, and then again a whole bunch of rabbinic cases that are added on again in order to safeguard the biblical arayos. So the gemara before we before we delve into this list, Amarava remes Lishnios minat minayim. In general, how do we know? How do we know that halacha l'ma'isa? there's a concept of what we call Shniyos. shnios means secondary, secondary arayos, rabbinic arayos. From where do we know this? From Shnei Aretz. Pasik says, Pasik says, because all of the, literally again, all of these abominations, Ultimately, again, the people of the land committed vatit Arets. Now, I will say this is a reference over here to the uh, to, to the to the terrible behaviors of the nation's indigenous territory, Israel. So, ultimately, again, the Gemara Torah uses the lashon of ha'el. Now, remember, it should have said Ha'ila or ha'elu ha'el. So, the Gemara says, "What is ha- ha'el kashos?" I will say the lashon of ha'el. Indicates a certain severity of Lashon. Look at Ashi. So the Gemara says, So we'll say Hael, we're going to see in just a moment, is a strong Lashon, strong which sounds like there are Arayos that are kasha, that are strong, that are difficult. And then there's what we'll call softer or weaker Arayos. We'll say what exactly is the category of softer or weaker. Arayos, Shnios, rabbinic, rabbinic categories. Rabbinic categories. How do you know that Ha'el is a Lashon of Kashav, difficult of strong? The S. Eliyah Aris Lakach. Gemara over quotes the Pasek from Yecheskel. The S. Eliyah Aris Lakach. I reference the fact that Nebuchadnezzar. Exiled leadership before he exiled the common man. So you see the lashon of Elai. <laughs> so So this seems to argue on Rabbi Levi. What was Rabbi Levi? See, don't Levi. Rabbi Levi first wide line on Chafal from Nadaliv. Kart is incredible. Kasha onchin shalmidos yosher me onchin shalarayos. Rabbi Levi this is actually a pretty wild gemara. The punishment for using false weights and measures, or false is maybe the wrong word. The the punishment for using on um, Skewed, skewed weights and measures is more severe than the punishment for Arayos. Because what says we're going to see when it comes to measurements, when it comes to measurements, ultimately the Torah uses the word El and by Arayos it uses the word elah. So El is considered to be a stronger lushan. So the Gemara says, so uh, uh I'm sorry. So El so the Gemara says, El So the Gimara says as follows. Um, I'm sorry, I just lost the place. I'm sorry. Let's read that again. To which the Gemara says, El Kasha, the Kasha so the Gemara says, interestingly enough, the way to understand it is Ela's is kasha, but Ela's even 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 more severe. So the Gemara says, Nami I, but by Arayos, but by it also says Ela, "Hahul ute Midos Mikares." Both said that comes to go ahead and exclude the use of false weights and measures from kares. So if that's the case, VeElamai Chum Rahu. Rabbi say, "How do you say?" it's So interesting. How do you say that weights and measures, the use of false weights and measures, or right? Well, I'll use the word false, but right, false weights and measures, or skewed weights and measures is even worse than arayos, even worse than immorality. They say, this is incredible. Hani F. hani lo ef See, say, here's the assumption. Look at Rashi for just a moment. It's the first short line in Rashi. Arayos F shebet Rashi has takana. holid mamzer say, if a person engaged in an act of immorality, as long as that act did not produce a mamzer, you could do tshuva for that act. Right, The person Rashi says you, a person could separate from the woman with whom he sinned. He could do charata. He could have remorse. He can go through the various steps of tshuva. But look at Rashi, avamidos. But I will say, if a person is dishonest with weights and measures, then here's the problem. Gozel harabim. The assumption is he is stolen from the general public. He does not know to whom to make restitution. Well, say, isn't this incredible? Well, I, don't, I don't think anyone would have ever thought this, that the Gemara would say that going ahead and using, using dishonest weights and measures is worse than arayos. It's worse than arayos. Simple chashpen. Arayos, assuming you don't have a manzer, you can go and you can do chuba from... But doing cheating the rabbin, cheating the general public, once it's done, pretty much there's no way to walk that back. Absolutely incredible. So the Gemara says, Ravi Huda, Ravi Huda says that the, so we're just right now trying to kind of find a pasik that supports this idea of shneos of this secondary level of arayos. So Ravi Huda So the pasik is the harbe. So the Gemara quotes the Pasuk, Codes the pasuk from from Mishlei, from Mishlei. So the Yimara says, "V'izim nichi ker tiki mashal and So, what does this mean? Well, Amr u Amr Amr Abulazr kodedem sheba shlomo ha'isa Torah dome likfifa she'ein la'aznaim. Until Shlomo Hamelch came and instituted many halachas, Torah was like a basket which had no handles. Ad sheba shlomo va'asa until Shlomo came along and made for it handles. That's the notion of the e in the Pasek. Look at Rashi, As Naim, Kupa, kupa what's the goal, what's the job of the handles on the basket? The handles ensure, say, if you try to hold the basket without handles, you run a greater risk of dropping it. The handles ensure that Alok HaLamaysa, you could keep a firm grasp on it. So the Gemara says like this, so too the Shneos, the secondary Arayos, ensure that the Biblical Arayos are not violated. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara quotes the Pasuk from Mishlei, Piraehu al ta'av rabo sete'i me'alav what does this mean? So the Gimara says, so, This is really picking up on the word Pera'ehu. Rashi says over here, Hagilu, Actually, the Torah, the I'm sorry, changes it to Hagdi'lehu. Pera'ehu means amplify or grow it out. So Hagdi'lehu alav shlo or bo para. The idea that the Pasuk is saying is sometimes we say, you have to increase the scope of an Isr. You have to increase the scope of the prohibition in order to safeguard the core prohibition. It gives him mashal. If a person is trying to watch over a, an orchard, mishamromibachot, mishdamer. It's actually a fascinating mushle. If halachal amadavadomeh, imagine you have an orchard, and imagine there's one entrance into the orchard. If you watch the orchard from the outside, you stand outside of the entrance, you could prevent anyone from coming into the orchard. Right? I'm sorry. If you guard the orchard from the outside, the entire orchard is guarded. Here's what's interesting. But if you guard it from the inside of the orchard, literally translate. of Perhaps that which is in front of you can be guarded, but that which is behind you ultimately cannot be guarded. And I'm both saying his Mashal is like this, which is really quite fascinating. If you imagine an orchard, if you're standing on the outside, you could see the orchard in its entirety, you could guard all of it. If you're standing on the inside, you could only go ahead and see what's in front of you, guard part of it. So the idea, I will say, is that sometimes when Chazal, wanted to make certain gidarim. wanted to make protective fences, they had to make larger, all-encompassing protective fences in order to totally safeguard the biblical orchard. Because if you just make what we'll call a safeguard from the inside, you may protect certain things, but you leave other things vulnerable. It's pretty incredible. So the Gemara says as follows. But the truth is, Ravashi's statement is a bit mistaken, or his mushle is a bit mistaken. Why? Because I Gufa because at least in the case of the orchard, you're able to protect something. Right? By, by Erva, by Erva, if you don't make a comprehensive gender, Ultimately, people will come unfortunately to violate biblical arayas, Okay, so the Gemara says, as follows Ravkana or Mechacha. Ravkana says, from here, Ushmartim Mishmarti. The Pasik says, literally again, Ushmartim Mishmarti, which literally means you will observe my, my observances. Asu Mishmeris le Mishmarti, which the Gemara Darshan means, make a protective fence. For those things that you are obligated to keep. I'm the So ultimately, this is a Pasuk. Now this Pasuk, what does this Pasuk seem to sound like? The Pasuk seems to say, that Allah ha lam ay Chazal have a biblical obligation to create protective fences. Which the Rav would then yield a fascinating idea, which is that every de would effectively be a da To which the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, ha da No, no, no. Do-oray-sa, pierce bonon it means there is a biblical mandate for Chazal to create protective fences, but Chazal defined what those protective fences are. So the Yomar says, Kol HaTorah Nami I, but that's true in the entire Torah, right? Chazal, we say, Torah is all the way that Chazal interprets Rabbanon across alma Rather, we'll say, the bottom line is, look, here, here's the takeaway message. There's this whole construct of Shnias, this whole construct of secondary rabbinic Arayos. And just understand, we'll say, all of these secondary rabbis are drabbanons. The quest to find the pasuk over here is what we call an asmachta. So I'll we'll say, what's an asmachta? We know we're, we're, we're well versed in this. Asmachta just simply means the din is a drabbanon. Din is drabbanon. But Chazal, the rabbis, like to hang their hat on 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 a pasuk. It's not saying that the concept is from the pasuk, right? It's not saying. will say. I will tell you. First, Rosh has a fascinating. It's a fascinating essay in his Sefer Beikve Son, where he discusses this concept. Actually, I think I think I spoke about it one Shavuos night when we did Dine Derabanan. That there is a little bit of there is a tr- there is a little bit there is truth to this concept that every Da'or, every D'rabanan does have an element of a Daoraisa, and the reason for that is because the ability for Chazal to legislate law comes from where comes from where comes from the Torah. It right, comes from the Torah. small, their ability to legislate law comes from the Torah. Because of that, one could make the argument that every daor, that every rabbanon has a certain element of a darish. they say that called the tikkun kein When Chazal instituted something, they they created their law modeled after biblical law. All right. In any event, the point over here is for shneos. For shneos. All we're saying is that Allah it's totally drabanan. These are rabbinic, are rabbinic ervons, But ultimately, again, we're just basing it off a pasuk. Beautiful. Says the Mahim So we'll say here. Let's go. Let's go. So let's let's go through the list. This is where the party starts, right? So let's go and just go. And say we're just. I just want to point out, we're not actually getting into these cases right now. We're just going to list them and go through them. So here we go. mahim Shneos, Aim imo your mother's mother 's mother, the aim Aviv your father 's mother grandmother's grandmother's, the a of the aviv, the father of excuse me the wife of your father's father 's father. Right, the wife of your father's father, the wife of your mother's father, the wife of your father's, father, of your father's brother, I'm sorry, the wife of your father's maternal brother, or ultimately again, the wife of your mother's paternal brother, the Kalos Bino. This is your son's daughter-in-law, your son's daughter-in-law, the Kalos Bito, your daughter's daughter-in-law. This is interesting. A man is permitted to marry his father-in-law's wife. Now will say, obviously, this is not talking about your actual mother-in-law, right? Because your actual mother-in-law is the mother of your wife, right? So this is talking about your father-in-law's wife. So i will say, is your wife's, sorry, yes, your wife's son's wife. But again, we'll get into all of this. but you are but you are prohibited to in your wife's in your wife's daughter. in other words, obviously she's not your biological daughter. I'm sorry. And one's wife's daughter is permitted ultimately again to marry one's wife. Who's not that person's mother, right? And ultimately meaning a second marriage. Ubas Ishto, oops, sorry, Ubito, and his daughter, veishes chogro. chogro, Omerislo. And I both say, literally again, the the wife of, this is the, his, his wife's son's wife, says to him, Omerislo, so to speak, says to him, I am permitted to you. But interestingly, if we'll get into this, her daughter is prohibited. So the Gemara says, one second. We'll say the daughter of, I should say, a person's wife's daughter ultimately is an Right? Literally again, I'm sorry, this is not, not the wife's daughter. The wife's son's daughter Ultimately, again, is Aser, because the Pasuk explicitly says, Bas bina, bas bita, mishum dekabayi lemis niseifa. since we wanted to list the case at the end of the seifa, Eishes chogro, omer es lo animo teres licha. Literally again, say, the wife, Eishes chogro, says to the individual, animo teres licha. technically, I am permitted to you, ubiti asro but my daughter is prohibited to you, va'af agav dibiti asro even though my daughter is Asura to you, Midah Araisa, Bididi lo Gazru be Rabbanon. Ultimately, interestingly enough, she is not subject to the prohibition of being Ashnia Latuma, Ashnia the Erva. Tanareish tanami. Nami, therefore again we also go to the Resha, Paschogro, Ihachi, Eshes Chamov, Nami Tema. So we'll say if that's the case, then let the situation, let, let the wife of the father-in-law, right, one's father-in-law's wife, also say, Animu Teres the Technically, I am permitted to you. But ultimately, again, my daughter will be prohibited to you. Because to we'll say, remember again, the daughter of the daughter of the father-in-law would ultimately, again, be the sister of my wife. So I, why, does, why doesn't she make that statement as well? Because that's a case that everybody agrees with. That's not a case that everybody agrees with. Good. So we'll say, so again, all, all that's happening over here, we'll say, this is the chart. Is a chart. You can see all of these cases plotted out over here. And again, you can see that the graph is color coded black, biblical erva, gray, what we call a shnia. Beautiful. (laughs) Says the Gemara, Amorav, Arbanosh Mieshlan, Hafsik. It's supposed to say another interesting case. There are four women who have a Hafsik. Now, what does that mean? Take a look at the second wide line in Rashi. So we'll say, there are four women who, they are prohibited, but the generation above them and the generation below them are going to be permitted. So who are these four women? So the says, Rav said, it's not four, it's three. Literally again, I will say, a, a, the mother a mother's paternal brother's wife, mother paternal's brother's wife, or I should say, the wife of the mother's paternal brother, the achi ha'av and ultimately again, the wife of a father's maternal brother, Ve'kalosso, now I sounds like daughter-in-law, but we'll define that in just a moment, with Mosif af avi imo, and Z'iri adds onto this list, that even the wife of your father's mother. So I'm sorry. Of your mother's father. And ultimately, again, the way to remember this: Why doesn't Rav include this case? Because this case can get to be confused. Ultimately, again, with the case of the wife of your father's father, your grandfather's wife. Uziiri Ziri says lahasam shchiach va'azil lahalo shchiach va'azil. Apparently, Israel says something very interesting that it was very common, it was very common for people to have a closer relationship with their father's family than with their mother's family. Take a look at Rashi, last Rashi Daf. Hasam to Azil, and Mishpachas Ovid. It is common for a person to go and visit his father's family. Therefore, again, the Odea, he'll know ultimately again the nature of these relations, and therefore we're not concerned that he may come to transgress. However, Yosimimah Lab Therefore, will say again, people won't get confused between the father's side of the family and the mother's side of the family. To which the Mars says, kalaso, daughter-in-law, Ahmed Bays, Amidbez, we'll says So one second, what are you including the case of daughter-in-law in the case of Shneos? Right, daughter-in-law is an iser daraisa, to which the Gemara says d'chsev ervas kalas Torah says you're not allowed to uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. To which the Gemara says what we originally said: emas ema kalas bino. No, no, no. It's talking about whose daughter-in-law? My son's daughter-in-law. But I'll say, interestingly enough, the son's daughter-in-law, my son's daughter-in-law, is technically speaking. Not an erva to me, not a darais erva to me. She's included in shnios. The kalas bno yesh So I will say, ultimately, again, is that true? So again, these are talking about the. Remember, again, these are talk, in this grouping now. These are women who themselves are asuna, but the isra does not apply to the generation above them or below them. So is that true? So the mara says, kalas bno my son's daughter in we learned kalas so, I'm sorry, vahatanya kalaso erva. Ultimately, I will say one's daughter-in-law is an erva. that's an Esedar Kalas bino shnia. My son's daughter-in-law, that's a shnia. V'chin ata omer, soon again we say, bivno uben asov kaladoros. That ultimately, again, this applies. Ultimately, again, to the son, grandson, and to all future generations. So I will say, it sounds like that the prohibition does extend downwards. Ela ima kalas bino, kalas bito. Rather say that, who does it refer to? Who does it refer to? My daughter's child's daughter-in-law. Right? My daughter's son's daughter. My, my sorry. My daughter's son's wife. So the Gemara says, I heard this from a great person. Ami. Where is Rabbi Ami. What Rabbi Ami say? They only went ahead and prohibited, ultimately, the case of daughter-in-law. If you look at Rashi, amru kalas bito, bebas, really means, they only prohibited the case of kalas bito, ultimately, again, because of doar on amru kaldai So listen to this, Rebose. So let, let me go back for just a moment. So, vo'amru be'kalday. And he said to me, the kaldiim said to me, Rebose, it's actually quite interesting. Now remember again, this is Rabbi Ami. So Rabbi Ami says, the Kaldoim said to me, melath nahabis. You're going to become a very wise man. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, "Amr li hachozim be So we'll say the kaldim, the kaldim, the kaldim were astrologers. They were astrologers. So this is fascinating. So in the middle of this whole idea, so the kaldim said to said to him, ultimately, "Malaf you're going to become a great Talmud Chacham." So Rav Ami said, "Amina igavra Rabbah habina as if ultimately it means I'm going to become a very wise man on my own, then I'll explain these cases based on my own intellect. But if I'm not going to be a Tamtach, I'm, I'm just going to be a Rebbe, then Gemara says, I'll ask the Shailah of the Rabbanim who assembled in the base Midati. But now, Baruch Hashem, I matured, and I realized that Baruch Hashem, I have the knowledge to be able to answer this question myself. Lo asu kalas bito elamishum kalas bino that the only went ahead and prohibited the daughter in law of my daughter lest she come to be confused with the daughter in law of my son. Say, again these are additional layers of shnio. So In reality, the shniyah here's what's interesting. The shniyah la is the daughter in law of my son. Right. Well, let's go through. What's the doraisa? What's the Daughter in law. Right. The shniyah is. The daughter-in-law of my son, and by the way, now it sounds like we'll also ask her the daughter-in-law of my daughter, lest we come to confuse that case with the daughter-in-law of my son. To which the Gemara says, I'll give you an example of this: Kigon kalasa debe This is like the daughter-in-laws of the house of Barzisoi. So we'll say, "So what is that?" Look, look at Rashi. Rashi says over here. Rashi says, <speaking in Hebrew> So we'll say, this is just give you an example. Apparently, in the Barat Tzisai family, the, the, right, his sons had daughter-in-laws, his daughter had daughter-in-laws, and it was just an example of a tightly knit family where you could easily confuse these two. So we'll say, so the Chidish, I just want to point out what's happening over here. Even though the, what we call Kalos Beno, the son's daughter-in-law is in and of itself a Shniyah, what do you see happening over here? It appears, what do you see happening over here? It seems like we're actually adding layers even on top of the Shniyos. So here's an example of we're going to answer the, the, the daughter-in-law of my daughter, lest we come to confuse her with the daughter-in-law of my son, which is a case of a Shniyah. So Papa Amar, Kigon Papa Kigon Bar Asik. Okay, so these are all just examples, I guess, of tightly knit families where you could easily see how one would come to confuse the son's daughter-in-law with or I should say the daughter's daughter-in-law with the son's daughter-in-law. Beautiful. Great. the Mahu. Okay, so I'll say a specific case so achi See, here we go. We have a mother's maternal brother's wife. Right? So the, the wife... i say it differently, right? The wife of the mother's maternal brother. The wife of the mother's maternal brother. achi the wife, the wife of one's... Right? The wife of the mother's maternal brother. What's that? Lachamahu. say achi min on one hand, we have the case of what... So the achia av if you have the wife of the father's maternal brother, the min ha'av, or the wife of the mother's paternal brother, the ikat sad av, say in all of those cases, there's there's a paternal relationship. Therefore, again, banan. say in cases where there's paternal, you begin to see by the way that the pattern for Shneos, the pattern for Shneos. Is any case where there's some element of paternal relationship there? So the gemara says But ultimately, in a case where there really is no paternal relationship, ultimately again Chazal were not gozer. Oh or perhaps it doesn't make any difference. They were still gozer. safra he gufa ana nekom to which to which Safra said, but come on, this case. This case, ultimately, again, is already, Rashi says, He gufa, achi ha'av min say? So again, j- j- just to be clear, just to be clear, which case, we're, we're speaking about a very specific case of eishas achi Haim min Right? The wife, the wife of a mother's maternal brother. Right? So a woman has a, a mother, right? My mother has a maternal brother, his wife, what's her relationship to me? Shabbos so says, listen to this. What the Gemara is essentially saying is like this. The case, the case of the wife of a mother's paternal brother. That already itself is Muttur M'dahar And that already, that case is a Shnia. Why is that case a Shnia? Why do we include that case? Because there's an element of paternal relationship. That case is already a xera. That's already a Shnia. You're going to now add on an additional layer on top of that to include the mother's maternal brother. That's crazy. As if that's the most crazy thing we've read today, right? <laughs> right? That, that, that's just crazy. That's exactly Now, by the way, we've been, we've been itching to ask this question this entire time because it sounds like we're doing that, right? Didn't, didn't we just do that before? The case, right? the case of the daughter's daughter-in-law is going to be answered because you're confused with the case of the son's daughter-in-law, but the case of the son's daughter-in-law is a shnir to begin with. It's exactly like zero. Amaravah. Atu kulun gzera gzera So, what, what does Rabbi say? All of this is gzera li So, what we're doing over here is we're actually piling on multiple levels of rabbinic enactment. So now by the way, how are you permitted to do that? How are you permitted to add on gzera li gzera? So you have seen this before. How do Chazal answer that up? When they're adding, on, adding up multiple layers of rabbinic prohibition? It's all part of one Gezerah. In other words, they both say, essentially what you begin to see is the concept of shnios kind of gives Chazal license, or Chazal created for themselves the license of shnios which essentially says, whatever we need to do to safeguard biblical Arayos, we're going to do. And sometimes that means just one level or one layer of Rabbinic Prohibition, but sometimes it might actually mean a couple of layers of Rabbinic Prohibition. But it's all part of the same concept of shnios Atu erva, so the Gemara says so so, I'm sorry Imo sorry so Imo erva so we'll say now watch this for example mother got pretty straightforward case right no one really no one with that right Imo is an erva aim Imo Shnia. your mother's mother right grandmother is a The v'gazru al aim oviv yet the Chazal came along and also said now remember so you've got mother and erva Grandmother is a shnia, aim emo. And now the guzru al aim Aviv, chazal came along and said, your father's mother, mishum aim emo. Ultimately, again, it's usr because of aim emo. So we'll what's, this a good example of? What is this an example of? It's like a shnia on top of a shnia. Right? The real shnia is mother's mother. Chazal then came along and said, father's mother is sir, lest you come to confuse her with mother's mother. The time of my, what's the reason? call all of them what? Grandma. Right? So because they're all called grandma, therefore again, we're concerned that if one grandma is permitted, another grandma is prohibited, right? Ultimately again, this can get a bit confusing. similarly again, way, this is such helpful Gemara. Why this isn't first, I'm not sure. But say this actually goes through it. Here's it is: Aviv Erva, your father's wife. Erevah, I will say, obviously not your mother, right? Aishas Aviv, Erevah, Aishas Avi Aviv, Shnia, the wife of your father's father. The wife of your father's father is the Shnia, and yet Gazru al Aishas Mishum Aishas Aviv, and Chazal said that the wife of, right, al Aishas Avi right, the wife al Aishas the wife of your of, yeah. Uh, avi Emo, Ultimately, of your mother's father is going to be us, sir. out's the case in order to safeguard the case of the wife of your father's father. And what's the reason for that? Because they're all called grandpa. Right? So because they're all called grandpa, what we're confused is if you allow some grandpa's wives but not other grandpa's wives, that is going to get confusing. Just like if some grandmas are permitted and some grandmas aren't permitted, that's confusing. So we'll say ultimately again, the wife of your father's paternal brother. Right? So your father's paternal brother's wife is going to be an erva. But the wife of your father's maternal brother is a Shnio. The Gazru al Eishas min And Abba Yed Chazal said that your mother's, your mother's paternal brother's wife is going to be Aser. In order to go ahead and safeguard the case of your father's maternal brother's wife. What's the reason for this? Because we'll say, you call all of these people uncle or aunt, right? All of these are called uncles and aunts. And therefore, again, in order to avoid any level of confusion, we pray about them. So we'll say, this is actually, I think, a, a, a very nice illustration. But what do you begin to see? What you begin to see is that in the construct of shneos, what do you have built into this? That I we'll both say, See, when we started this sugya, what did we think? I don't, I don't know what we were thinking. Right? I don't know, but whatever. Right? As we started this sugya, kind of what you assume is there's daraisa, there's shnia, there's drabanan, and that's it. What we now begin to see is that's actually not true. What there is is there's daraisa, there's daraisa. Then on top of daraisa, there's shnia. But what we do is we build out the shnia construct. And what Shneos says is we do whatever we have to do to safeguard the biblical erva. And what that means sometimes is multiple rabbinic layers and levels. So, also stop over here. What I do want to point out is we did not answer the case of Ashes Achi Ha'im Min Ha'im. We did not answer the case of the wife of the mother's maternal brother. And Merit Hashem will loop back to that tomorrow. Shkoyach.